Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast with your hosts, Right Worship Brother George Mudry. Worship Brother Joe. And Worship Brother Ken. We are up here, episode 140. And I will dis- well, everybody who's watching can see what the topic is going to be, but you two don't know it. We have yeah, no, yeah, no freaking clue. But, as usual, before we get into that, let's do some likes. Uh, I think I left off here with uh, Josh and Courtney Stud- Stutter, Daniel Landier. Jasper Paleo, Shiloh Guevara, GT Benson, Garen Michelson, Colin Holiday. That sounds like a Holiday. Western. Uh, no, you went, you went. I went Madonna. Yeah, you went Madonna. I think it's funny that you stuttered over stutter. Doc Holiday. Yeah, that's what I went with, yep. right? Doc Holiday, Tombstone. Yeah, that's what I was going with. I'm your Huckleberry. Indeed. Jacob Fanguis, I think. If I said it wrong. I suck. Yeah, close mm-hmm. enough. Even, Joe. Even if you said it right. <laughs> Even if I said it right. Yeah. Worship Brother Joe. How about you take this one? All right, brothers. Right hand to arm. Two, Two arms. arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire, good fire, fire all. Together, brothers. Vivat, vivat, vivat. And uh, the noise in the background is the air conditioner from the 1970s. Um, so 50s. if it's annoying in the back, but uh, we apologize for that. But uh, it's hotter than Satan's ass. And we had like so. a new one from like 2010, but it's locked yes, in the room next door that you don't have room. a key. This I one's friggin' steam powered or something. Like it really shouldn't like sound it's, like that. It's like twice <laughs> the, the size BTUs, and it's like yeah. from this century. Mm. There's no, a, we can't get to it. There's Three three mice running on wheels in the inside. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. It's all right. So, I think that's all we got, right? I don't think we have any more. The only thing we could do is nothing new on iTunes. Worship brother Ken. Yes, sir. We have a brother who's a Discordian, and how do you get to meet him? First, Joe. Oh, first little is three dollars a month. You can join Patreon, where you will get exclusive access to this Discord that we speak of. Uh, which includes a, a text chat, a audio chat, and a video chat. And you'll receive something as elusive as the Minky Whale, the Freemasons podcast pin, gold tone, of course, uh, will be allegedly sent to you for as little as $3 a month. Very nice. Mm. I love getting my balls busted <laughs> <by the> <laughs> pens. And I have sent them out, and they just, whatever. I'll send out more again, though. I have everybody's addresses. I will send them out again. Unfortunately, poor Danny had his stolen right out of his freaking mailbox. He was pissed about that. They left the envelope, took the pen. Really? Really? Uh, 
So I have to send him another one to his oh. new address. We can't be held responsible uh, for that. But I also just want to say, are we going to give us another three bucks? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I think we can take care of I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, for He's Discord, brother. brother Scott, there is a pin. Yes. It's the Freemasons podcast Freemasons pin. podcast lapel pin. Mm-hmm. Uh, very you nice. also get an official birthday shout out from your friends at the Freemasons yeah, podcast yes. if you and, were a Discordium. And on top of that, I might come up with a shirt that says I lost all my guns in a boating accident. That's another good mm. right? Got nothing to do with masonry, but I think it'd be funny. I right. like that. Yeah. Um, I just want to also say uh, on uh, Apple, we have uh, 91 ratings and we have a, a metric ton of reviews. So if you could, please, if you're a listener, like us, you know, sh- uh, review us, rate us on Apple. It does help us being recognized more so um and if you could please do so uh scott blanchard if you uh you say sign me up uh if you want to do it you have to just go to basically uh patreon.com forward slash the freemasons podcast and it will bring you right to our page and you can sign up right there and it's three five seven nine and fifteen for the grandmaster and once all this covid stuff is over uh those who signed up for the grandmaster level will be getting exclusive interviews about them mm-hmm. and their masonic career and uh could potentially come up here as well once all this covid crap is over with would love to meet those brothers in person yes um anyway let's go into our topic and the topic I chose today. Oh, wait, hold on. Did, we didn't toast. Uh, oh, yes, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So, Are you singing him happy birthday? I'm not going to sing. If anyone would like to sing, you're more than welcome to do so. But this one goes I'm not, out I'm to, not much of a singer. Yeah, I think HR should do oh, You were talking about it before we went live. Do you want to sing? You want I'm not like, much no, of a singer. We should have HR do it in the Marilyn Monroe version. But then again, Worsh Brother Joseph Schultz is very old, and his ticker might just infirm. Stop. Yeah. This one goes out to you, worshipful brother Joe Schultz. We love you. Happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday, brother. Brethren, right hand to arms. Two arms. arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire, good fire, fire all. Together, brethren. Vivat, vivat, vivat. Happy birthday. That almost sounded like one of our old school uh, commercials that we haven't done in a while. Yeah. Here's to you, worshipable brothers. Yeah. yeah. We really have to do some more commercials. Who did the, it's been a while. Who did the main voice for that? Was a, he was, he was, I don't think he's on the show anymore. I don't think so either. Yeah. Nah. Uh, Fired him. Yeah, the background singer, he had a big problem with meth or whatever the hell. So. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll, we'll come to, back to him. Went, went the way of Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> They're about the same height, too. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. Uh, Anyway, let's get into our topic now. And the topic that I had chosen. Mystery topic. I kept it separate because I wanted you guys to not have an inkling. And I wanted you to kind of fire from the heart in a sense. Okay. And the topic today is going to be, what would you do if you were a grandmaster? Ooh. What were the things that you would implement? Things you would like to see? I see what you're doing here. Wow. I'm not doing anything. No, there's no fishing in this one. I okay. swear to God, there's no way to okay. put us on the spot. There's no fishing in this one. It's okay. a good one. Okay, um, I like it. A couple of ways, things that you would do in your heart. That again, and the reason why I'm asking this is because everybody, as a mason, when you're coming up through the ranks, or when you're the, everybody's got ideas about how to improve their lodge, and you know, and then when you get past that part, you know, you become a, a grumpy past master. And, oh, the state needs to do this, and the state needs to do that. So that's why I'm asking. What are things that you think you would do if you were Grandmaster to help improve the craft of your jurisdiction? 
I swear to God, there's no subtle, there's no back-ended shit here. It was literally... <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I swear to God, there's okay. no back... Yeah, okay. uh, what's your brother Ken? Yeah, you yeah, you want to start, start off? I'm going to start off with you. I mean... Well, I can't ask it, HR. It, I mean. In order to be... Well, I mean, Grandmaster is a position in our jurisdiction where you're in charge of the entire state of Connecticut, right? You have... Um, you have jurisdiction over every constituent, lo- uh, constituent lodge in the state. I guess I would start by thinking about what are some of the things about masonry that we collectively, all the lodges in the state, or on average, don't do as much as I think they should. And I guess I would probably have to start with charitable works. Mm-hmm. Right. There are some lodges that excel at this. Like, that's all they do. And right. they're really, really good at it in this state. Mm-hmm. My lodge, I don't think, does as much as we really should. And historically, we, we're always a very charitable lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very focused on not giving money, not writing checks to charities so much mm-hmm. as putting in sweat equity and elbow grease and working. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, handing out food or uh, collecting items for the needy or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it would probably... And it, it, as grandmaster, I wouldn't want to like enforce it, right? And make it like this is the framework, and every constituent lodge has to adhere to it. Mm-hmm. But at least put together a program that's kind of turnkey, mm-hmm. where a lodge that's interested in, you know, I mean, charity obviously is one of the the foundational tenets of masonry. Right. If you feel as master that your lodge is kind of lacking in this area, or you guys aren't doing as much as you used to, or you're fo- I mean, obviously you're focused on other things, right? right. Making mm-hmm. new masons or something. They're not doing it on purpose but here's a turnkey program that you can use mm-hmm. to uh increase to, to boost the charitable contributions that your lodge engages in on a yearly basis so i'd like i mean obviously you just kind of dropped me on the spot i don't have like no, any real idea on how i would put that, that i'm that sure we'll come together, to us as we continue yeah like i mean i'd love to to put a program like that in place and just have uh, the resources of grand lodge aid the constituent lodges in putting that that program into practice mm-hmm. um i guess the other pillar that i can think of right now that i would want to do for my year if i were grandmaster is uh, a real focus on ritual proficiency because that's something that I've always kind of strived to do myself. It's something that our lodge holds itself to a very high standard on. Um, so I'd like to probably put a program or a series of trainings or something together where, um, you know, masters or senior officers or junior officers and the constituent lodges could come in mm-hmm. and we would actually tile the mm-hmm. entire, you know, we could do the Scottish Rite Auditorium or something like that and right, tile right, right. it as a lodge of instruction and put together a ritual class. Okay, let's walk through one degree. Or let's walk through right. each degree and we'll have three separate trainings or something like that. Right. I think um, there are a lot of brothers that I personally know of that would really value that kind of experience. And uh, I think we get enough brothers together to, to make it worthwhile. So Fair those nice. would be my, just off the top of my head. But your main focus would be, so ritual proficiency mm-hmm. and charitable works. Basically, those are your two main focuses. Yep. Of what you would do. Yep. If I had to start tomorrow, yes, th- those would be my focuses. Where's your brother Joe? Is my uh, is my mic stand aggravating you? No, it's fine. I just want to make sure there it's close go. enough so I can sit back and pontificate. It's right <laughs> up in your grill. <laughs> but uh, I think you know, kind of along the same lines of what Watchful Brother Ken said. Um, I think I would focus on improving the content. Some of that is ritual work. Mm-hmm. Some of it is our 
just our organization itself. Um, we have this great marketing campaign, mm-hmm. not just Amanda Mason. And, right. you know, before that, it was to be one, ask one. And we have all these things. And I think some of our issues, and I'm sure this is true of all Grand Lodges. I'm not just right. picking uh, jurisdictions. I'm not just picking on Connecticut. Um, but I think we do a great job attracting people. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we always live up to the we don't deliver. hype of, okay, mm-hmm. now I'm in the door. Now I'm going to do this. And... Right. You know, we get a, it's reading minutes, it's discussions that have nothing to do with Freemasonry. It's not, the content needs to be, I'm not saying it has to be uniform across every lodge in Connecticut, but much like with charitable efforts, as Worshipful Brother Ken mentioned, there should be, I don't want to necessarily say curriculum, Mm -hmm. but kind of in that sense, yeah, like, these are basic standards that you need to uphold and you need to follow so what you do get the knock on the door right the chances of keeping them increase that's to me how you work on the membership uh i'm a i'm a quality over quantity kind of guy i don't worry too much about the numbers of new people coming in right because you know i've been involved in businesses where yeah we've got a hundred thousand people coming in but we just lost two hundred thousand we're at a right. net loss of 100,000. Improving the content, you're going to hit both ends of that uh, both right. ends of that spectrum. You're going to give the people that are here a reason to continue to come and not lose them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you have that new Perth, that, that friend who knocks on the door that wants to become a brother, it's everything that we've portrayed it to be. Right. That was one of Most Worshipful Brother Mel's big things, too, when he was here. It's yeah. always kind of stuck with me is we're losing brothers after we make them masons because we didn't adhere to their or we didn't uh, live up to their expectations right right which i think is 100 percent accurate and it's the right way to look at things because it's not us it's not like oh well you know they didn't you know they, they couldn't stick with masonry or something like that it's not them not being able to jive with our values or the way that we we do things it's they had expectations and we didn't live up to them right and just like in uh, in business, they, they throw this this uh, somewhat cliche at this point, but it's actually it's very true. People that leave a company leave not because of the grand idea or they don't they don't believe in the company. It's usually be from their direct supervisor or direct manager. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to start looking at ourselves in certain aspects, like a business, like a corporation. And start looking within ourselves. We're losing these people. You know who's responsible for that? And more likely, it's yeah. not you know Grand Lodge or some oh this expectation. It's the person that they interacted with didn't portray what they thought. Oh yeah, the, the craft was going to be. Yep. And that's where you lose people. Right. And then if you have another, you know, they, maybe they say eh, maybe it's just that one person. Let me go talk to this mm-hmm. other guy. And then they meet like Rocco or somebody. And they're like yeah. <laughs> I'm just picking on Rocco because oh, I know he's Rocco's watching. Yeah, he's, he's watching. watching. I Rocco. Rocco. Um, but that's where you start to lose people. Mm. So it's. I think the ritual work is part of that yep. content. Yeah. Of being super sharp and and knowing your ritual and not have it. You know, people come to come last minute and just whip something together. You got to take it serious. Mm. And that's that would be my first. Right. And then I'd get rid of all pamphlets. <laughs> all of them. Every single one of them. That's doable. <laughs> 
It's easily um, done. Uh, so kind of piggybacking a little bit off of what you had said as well, uh, I, I do agree that we have, I, I do agree with quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And one of the arguments I've always had was that, well, if we're only getting, you know, to, let's just say, let's use it on a small scale. Like if, let's say in a year we have five people petition, but only one of them is good enough to go through or doesn't die on the vine when they are going through. Because yeah. I mean, let's be real. Uh, you can't sit here and say that, oh, we got 10 petitions in a lodge. That's great. How many of them went all the way to MM? Yeah. Two. Right. And how, how many, many made it past the vote? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, so that's number one. So, yes, quality over quantity, but there's a big difference between having, you know, in, in a state, let's say you get uh, 500 petitions as opposed to, f- you know, 5,000 in a year. Right. Like now you're you're having a larger pool of new guys coming in who are good mm-hmm. for the craft. So I think it's quantity at the door, but let the investigation committees and the Masons do their job mm-hmm. of, I mean, look at, I mean, just use an example. Think of all the people who apply for a job. You have to weed down who is the best for the job. Mm-hmm. And it would be much better for a business to have, you know, five people apply for the same, or, or excuse me, 50 people apply for the job rather than five because now you're stuck choosing one out of those five. Right, yeah. and that's where I'm, and, and right. I agree with you because, and what I'm saying is, so when you pick that one out of five mm-hmm. and they're a really good person, right? but they don't continue because we don't live up to our end of the bargain, that's a lose-lose. Everybody mm-hmm. loses in that situation. So the, to me, the quality is once they're here, we have to keep them here. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, then word of mouth will go out and, yep. hey, this is this really cool mm-hmm. thing. And then you'll start to attract better candidates. So, right. yeah, you want to get 50. If you know your ratio up, I'm going to get three active Masons for every 50 petitions I get. Great, get the 50. Mm-hmm. But when you get those three people, you got to have something. They're taking time away from their families. Sometimes their usual vocation. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're, they're giving up certain things. They need a reason to. Absolutely. And Otherwise, neg- I can go sit at the corner bar and... Right. Yeah. Negative word of mouth is worse than positive word of mouth, too. So that mm-hmm. same individual that we're not, you know, living up to their expectations, they go off, they had a bad experience with masonry. If anybody ever asks about it, right? what are they going to tell them? Right. You're going to turn off potentially really people who would make really, really good brothers right. permanently because they heard that was... You know, an old man's club. or And, and that's where I was going to go with it. If one of the things I had thought of, if I ever got bestowed the ability to be a grandmaster or, you know, in uh, whatever jurisdiction, we'll just choose one. But if I ever got bestowed the uh, honor of being a grandmaster, one of the very first things I would do was I would try to prove that wrong, the whole old man's club. And the way I would do it is, I mean, you know, not everybody in the state goes to grandmaster's day. But there's quite a hell of a turnout. Yeah. They come to Grandmaster's Day. They have, you know, those rides. I mean, these are their kids' rides and everything. But I thought, like, how cool would it be to do, like, a statewide Masonic festival where you rent out a giant-ass parking lot. You get, you know, make a, you know, a fair out of it. You know, maybe you got Andy Purcell, who's a mason. You ask him, hey, come up and do a concert while we're here. Make it, like, a big, hmm. giant, big E event. And it's open to the public. But it's the Masons putting it on. Like, and That's a cool idea. That does a couple of things. Number one, it shows that here we are out in the public. That's yeah, outreach, yeah. It's outreach, number one. 
Number two, you're not just making it a Masons only event, and the Masons that are obviously going to want to go are going to be, you know, they're going to have they're going to have a blast. You bring your family, you bring yeah. everything, but it's that's some way I think Freemasonry needs to be not so much just a freaking billboard that says not just a man of Mason. We need right. to actually do something big that people are like, oh wow, the the Masons they put that on, right? Wow. It's got to be our actions. I mean, you got yeah. Brad Paisley, who's a Mason. Yeah. You've yeah. got Andy Purcell, who's a Mason. You've got so many, you know, entertainers that you're finding out are, are Masons or whatever. And you know, Shaquille O'Neal. One of the things I seen he did was he does a whole uh, basketball thing for 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 young kids and in, in mm-hmm. whatever. Have him come. Bring kids to make set up a basketball. I remember in Hartford when I was a kid, they used to have the hoop it up thing. Yep. Remember that? It was yeah, like a hoop it up yeah. thing where yeah. you know all these kids would sign up as a team and they would play and they'd have you know, a few celebrities show right. up. Yeah, these are things that mm. you know, not even looking at the Masons that we have now or the Masons that may potentially be, but think about being that eight or nine or ten year old kid who think remembers and says, "Wow, I remember going to X, Y, and Z." Yep. When they get older in life, they're gonna potentially, you know, good potential of Sitting there saying, I was like, wow, I want to find out what that was all about. The yeah. people that Start ran doing now. the research. Start yeah. Doing. Yeah. Now, number two is the big one. How do we keep Masons from... We have this whole persona of, uh, you know, you see what you see on the History Channel. And you got the Alex Jones and the other world domination, all this other crap and everything. And they always show the guy, he's decked out to all the... The tees, he's got the sleeves on, he's got 15 jewels on the regalia, looking yeah. like the freaking, uh, looking like the Mr. <laughs> T of the Masonic world, you know. Yeah. Um, I think two things the Grand Lodge needs to allow lodges to be more, and this is my strictly opinion. We do not speak for any Grand Lodge, Grand Jurisdiction, and I do not speak for the other members or of this any podcast. Lodge of Masons. There's my disclaimer. Um, but the, my personal opinion is we need to allow lodges more flexibility to do ritual and put it on with their own flair. Number one, you want to wear, uh, granted, we have our normal standard regalia, but why can't we have, like, special regalia? Like, like what kind of special regalia? Like, for instance, like we all got fancy past master aprons, right? Like, like mm-hmm. Jedi costumes? Like... However you want to theme it. Okay. Or, you know, you do... One thing I always wanted to put on was a Masonic ball. Hold your tongue. Masonic, like... Oh, uh, masquerade ball. Masquerade oh, yeah. ball. Yeah. Right? We yep. talked about it. Yes. How much fun would that. that be would be in full tuxedo, masquerade masks? Unfortunately, and, with the COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we've got to do uh, that sometime. Listen, I'm not even talking about COVID. Listen, and there, there like, is a lodge in Connecticut that does do that, so I don't want to, like, steal or right. shade on them and say that this is, like, an original idea. No, or no, no, no. This I think is, it's a great idea. I, awesome. And I, I'm saying take that and expand it through the entire state. Or Ooh, or okay. invite other grand lodges or grand jurisdictions. I mean, all the grand masters get together and they go to wherever the hell they went last time, North Dakota, somewhere out there. I'm jealous bastards. It was a nice, beautiful. Uh, yeah, because like, I think they went to lodging, not Rushmore, right? Something like that. Hmm. But um, oh, well, that's a great idea. Invite other right. jurisdictions. Like I think part of the problem we have in this is my opinion. Again, I'm gonna express that masonry is very divided in different grand jurisdictions about different beliefs or where each one would want to go. There needs to be... Insular. 
Insular is a term I would use, yeah. You follow in Guyana? Very, yeah, we, we stick to our own jurisdiction. Right. We don't really even communicate Masonically necessarily, unless right. we're traveling or right. something like that with other, yeah. I but honestly, like, um, I think it would be very cool and very, um, and also another thing we need to do is we need to get on freaking TV. <laughs> yeah. I firmly believe that. And we need to do it on on TV. Get on TV. On our own terms. I mean, come on. You got the real housewives of freaking Orange County. How about about, uh, Macy's take over the world or something like that? But make it cliche. We've talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this. We've talked about this. How cool would it be? But we're doing it on our terms, right? Versus somebody interviewing us or doing a documentary and, hey, we're going to walk into the, you know, your. No, no, no. It's going to be on our terms. One of the things I would do, and we've talked about this, I would put. You, me, Joe, and one of the things we're doing is we're making suits for masons, for you know, for for your know, suits or tuxedos, or we're working in like a uh, what do you call it, a men's tailor? warehouse tailor shop, right? And we're giving it to masons who can't afford tuxedos or suits, right? Okay, cool. But it's us like three, it. and then you take Danny Collins, Nathan Moss, and uh, uh, Keith Noonan, right, who are English. They use the. <laughs> They're using the metric, metric system. We're using the, we're using the imperial system, right? Is it the imperial system or the standard, whatever you call it? None of the suits. Nothing matches <laughs> up, right? You got one leg longer than the other because everything's <laughs> off. That would be freaking And just genius. show how show how masons aren't really taking over the world because we can't even get measurements right. Yeah, we can't even agree. <laughs> That's I thought, a great idea. But, like, it would show, like, if you put that on, like, Bravo or E! Entertainment or something like that, it would show the world, like, wow, these guys are just normal jackasses. Yeah. Or just us three or us four being in a, in a car with the three British Masons yeah. or even, well, I don't know if Australia, but, but it's in the, us six yeah. in a car and Danny's on the wrong side of the friggin' road. Yep. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're on the wrong side. That would side be funny, though. It would, it, it, I think it would, and I think it that's what I think masonry needs to go as me as a grandmaster. That's what I would want to push for. I would want to push to get masonry more in people's faces to understand a what we are. B see we're not an old men's club. And mm-hmm. three like this is a podcast. That's what yeah. we started. See what this, we right? stand for and see that we're not trying. This is to what we started the podcast. Circumvent for. world governments or you know right. something like that. But we're yeah. also not on yeah. a network TV. We're a little podcast here, and we're not so little anymore. But we're still fair, you know. Small and like, if you want to compare it to like a Joe Rogan or a Dan Bongino or I don't even know who are the other big ones. Matt Best. Yeah. Matt Best. If anybody out there happens to be in, uh, you know, production or a pitch man or something for television networks, you know, uh, give us a call. You think we're on to something here? Another thing I would do as Grandmaster, I would require all short masons to wear stilts. Don't think I don't see what the hell you're writing there, Lee, on uh, Discord. <laughs> I read everything you write. We see everything. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, no, in all seriousness, that's what I would do is I think masonry, number one, needs to be more out in the open. No, not out in the open in regards to what we do behind closed doors. Yeah, no, secrets are still secrets. Secrets are secrets. Yeah. Our ritual... You know, everything being th- blasted on the History Channel and being, you know, perverted and completely wrong. Yeah. Let's be real. Because, I mean, I yell at the TV every time I see History Channel and they're showing one guy half naked and yep. they're talking about, oh, he's on this degree. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, just misrepresenting how the degrees and how the we rituals are set up. From current Macy's and former Freemasons. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you mean the guys who got MPD'd? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> 
to, to do a reality show where we don't even right. where we don't even talk about obligations or ritual or any of that, and we just show like all of the public facing stuff that we do, mm-hmm. and not even talk about anything that's even remotely secret, like not mm-hmm. even insinuate about it. Nope. I think that's probably that's a great freaking model. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. It's dangerous. Though. And then also making fun of like, dangerous. Dangerous. Let's unpack that. What do you mean dangerous? No, let's because most of these reality shows that you see. They look like total buffoons. Yeah, fair point. Like though. total yeah. buffoons. We are total buffoons. So you want the you want the well, public view of Freemasonry to be chumly from Pawn Stars? Definitely not. <sighs> definitely not. There's a line there. Yeah, we would have to have creative control. We would right? have to have creative There's control. There's a lot of buffoonery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's just even like the the That's guys that sells. make the the guys that make the fish tanks. Right. That go around. They're buffoons. Right, like, the, but and that's what sells in reality TV. So there's right. a fine line there but between now, coming out more in the open. Yeah, people don't like Hold humanity. On, Here's the thing, though. Okay, I don't have a have a problem with buffoonery, but in the same time, when they see us, you know, giving away free bikes to kids around Christmas time, right. and yeah. as long as you show the good works of us. I'm, uh, listen, I take bullets for, on Discord all day long about yeah. my height and about... Yeah, but you get paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making a point, though. Like, I have no problem being the ass of jokes as long as you show what I actually do yeah. on that's, the other that's end. That's true. It. It's really difficult yeah. to, like, comedy wash somebody giving away bikes to a kid or right. a, a scholarship or something like that. Like, that's... It's just right. with with social media being the way yeah, it is, of course. and oh. cancel culture. Yep. One little thing gets taken the wrong way, or somebody sees you wearing this is my killing shirt. What's wrong with and my then next shirt? thing you know, it's got a rainbow on it. Well, but that's the, when you're on TV, you need sponsors. Sponsors don't like controversy. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to read that. And font that's and that's also that. fine though because this is Grunt Style, who is a veteran-owned company. And I'm supporting veterans, I so I don't that. care what they but put on the Pepsi shirt. Pepsi might not give a crap who you're supporting. And I don't care about Pepsi because you can't mix it with rum. Hmm. It can only be Coke, right? I mean, <laughs> if you want to be saying, you go TV, you got to worry about sponsors. You got to yeah. worry about all this stuff. Listen, that's why. That's what I mean by dangerous. I'm not yeah, selling no, this idea. I'm simply saying point. that this is a point. Of bringing Freemasonry out into people's faces and seeing that we're just average people. Yeah. I think we can agree we're that not. it would be a difficult problem to solve, but it is not unsolvable. No, see, I would right. be, and again, probably Scott Blanchard said uh, that is amazing, helping to provide suits. Nobody would believe the truth. They want to believe in Satan and aliens. Now, see, right. that's the shit that I would do on the show, right? Mm-hmm. I would be sitting there like, oh, we're about to have our Mason meeting, and I'd have, like, Worship Brother Phil walk by in, like, a... In an fl- alien suit. In, like, mm-hmm. in an alien suit. <laughs> or with the horns. He's yep. like, hey, you know where my apron is? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's over. Like... It's in the back Satan. It's where it always is. Yeah, that, that, but to me, that's actually poking fun at those who say... We're bad. We're Satanists. We're Luciferians. Like you can say whatever the hell you want, because I'm just going to ridicule you and make, you know, because you want to say we're Luciferian and we're devil worshippers and aliens and all this other shit. But in the same time of it, what are you doing besides being a keyboard warrior in your mother's basement while we're out doing child identification programs yeah. for the state police, while we're out giving away free bikes, or while we're out handing out candy outside of our lodge, or marching in parades and throwing candy, yep. or all the good things that we do? What are you doing? You're in your basement. Go away. Go back to your bonbons and freaking watching The View or whatever Fritos the hell you do. and your monster energy drinks. Yeah, exactly. So but we need a really good creative director. We absolutely would. Because 
I, I think Worshipful Brother Joe's right. There's it could go off the rails very easily. There's a very of fine line would. that we would have to be riding there. Of course it would. And I, I, see, and I a creative director would have to be a brother. I I, I, I don't agree. I don't think it would be that fine of a line though. I really don't. I mean, I get you. I know. I see what I you're. Do. I see what you're. Things you're saying can be spun is very easily because, and again, you can kind of compare it to this podcast that people thought that we're we're showing the bad side of Freemasonry. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> we're showing that we're real people and that we're relatable. And I think part of the problem with Freemasonry is, and this is maybe my opinion, again, my opinion is my opinion and is not expressed by anybody else, yada, yada, yada. My opinion of Freemasonry is when when I came to the door of Freemasonry, I sat down and met a guy that I knew nothing about, and he's talking to me about freaking churning butter. I've already had this conversation. I don't mm. give a shit about that. I'm a 20-year-old kid. Like, I, I, I don't care about what you're talking about. And there's a, a huge... It, it's very difficult, and people don't tend to go out of their way when they feel uncomfortable meeting somebody. You know what I mean? So, I want to join Freemasonry, but... Yeah, I don't know. I see all these weird guys on TV, and they're all serious, and uh, it, it's a turnoff. Yeah. I'm not going to approach you if you're going to be all serious and stoic. I want to. I want to meet the guys who are like, hey, what's yeah. up? Come on in. And the reality is, the reality <laughs> is, when a lot of these guys come into the lodge, like the the guys that you talk to immediately, you become friends with. Right. Like that's an experience that you don't get until you walk in that door. Now, what you don't the, know anything about it until you're exposed to it. Let me pick your brain. Which ones are the ones that come up to this brother or, excuse me, this petitioner and talk to them? The the outgoing guys. Probably the young ones. Usually mm. the younger guys. Bingo. Yeah. Yep. Bingo. But what do they portray all over TV? Uh, well, yeah, the old guys with all the bingo. That's on and, and that's why I think a show like we were kind of you know, to, yeah. And again, this is all Demonized hypothetical things. and everything, but it would it shows that like we're approachable guys. The guys on the History Channel who are sitting in the chairs all yeah stoic and serious, and they got the serious face on. And well, you know, except for the keyboardist from Sticks, right? Wasn't he on that uh, <laughs> show too? Like he was pretty cool. He had like his long gray hair. And he's like, whatever, man. Like I'm vampire. Like, everybody else though was like, yeah, very, very serious. Uh, right. Even it's, the younger uh, guys were very serious. Like they didn't look like. Right. You know, they didn't look like us. They looked like. You know, like they had their stuff together. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think it's it's very hard to people don't tend to generally go out of their way, especially when they're they're not going to get out of their comfort zone. So I think personally, Freemasonry needs to bring the comfort zone to them, in a sense. If right. you follow what I'm getting at, yeah, it's our like, responsibility. It's our responsibility as Masons to go on TV or or get in that car with Danny driving on the wrong side of the road, mm-hmm. or you know, put to put um. What the hell? Do you guys have a beer assistant now? <laughs> Do you not? Uh, <laughs> Better get yourself. Comes one. with the perks. <laughs> um, but uh, or you know, the English Masons with the American Masons and fighting, and you know, we're all showing up for lodge, and oh, we're gonna do a themed lodge thing, and we show up as patriots, and they show up as redcoats. Oh my god! Like a fight ensues in the middle of the lodge. Like it's yes, okay. <laughs> it's Freemasonry is serious when the doors close, and it's strictly business from there on in. Oh yeah. But it's okay to show that we have a human side to us, and we're not just robots going with a new world order and Alex Jones's Illuminati. Yeah. freaking thing we're I mean, normal people that like to joke around and screw around and 
and show that we have families. And I think that would be really cool. And it would actually lighten people mm-hmm. up and be like, wow, these guys are just like me. Yeah. It comes down to, do you want to make new Masons? Yes, we all do. As Masons, we want to make new Masons. Well, I mean, you're going to have to make the younger generation into Masons. You're going to have to relate to what they want. You're going to have to live up to their expectations. And I don't feel as we, where we are right now, we don't. Not just a man of Mason. What does that mean to a 20-year-old? Well, I mean, or a non or a non Mason. What does that mean? I will say that I think that marketing campaign is very well done. They did do their research, Mm -hmm. right? They basically looked at the Masonic value system and they said what actually resonates with, you know, uh, men of the millennial Mm -hmm. age group, right? You know, or eighteen plus, right? Like what resonates with these guys from that set of values. And they crafted their campaign based upon that. So they did it the right way. And I think it is really relevant. So i got to disagree and say that it, it doesn't do its job. But actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than advertising. Mm-hmm. And I think it would add a, an additional dimension to that campaign to have a real-life show that shows us. I, I would take it a different Mason's. way. If you want to make, uh, make a billboard... I would do something with, so you know the front, the guy, obviously you have kids, we have mm-hmm. kids, right? Fortnite? Yep, I know. And how Fortnite. it's all kind of like. I know more half. about Fortnite than I would. But, but you know the that. guy, though. It's like half cartoonish, half not. Like the. Put his face up there on the cartoon body of Fortnite. The cat guy? Oh, what, like Joe? Yeah. Yeah, put him on a billboard. Not just a man in Mason. But a minute, Maroon would be like, shoot. oh, that's, what's his name from? Is it, wait, what? Half, half <laughs> Joe, half Fortnite. I don't know. You know what? Let's leave this to the marketing professionals. I, I, just making a point. That, like, <laughs> do we, do we, we don't want to attract 13-year-old boys. The point that I'm... No, <laughs> I'm making fun of millennials if you weren't picking up what I was putting down. Because that's all they do is... Yeah, but they're not playing Fortnite. Um, as my wife... Want to bet? <laughs> as my Ten wife... Millennial. Yeah, my wife recently clued me in that we are millennials. You and I. Not Joe. I'm Gen X. But you and I. The last great generation. Yeah. Yeah, so we um, we are else. Anyway, the point the point that I was trying to drive at is that when I again, if I'm and I'm trying to think about it from a kid who knows nothing about I don't say kid, but like a young man who's in his twenties knows nothing about masonry, drives by a sign that says "Not just a man of mason." I, that sorry, that doesn't resonate with me. Well, no, I, th- I don't no, think that's, that's who it's targeted for. Also, that's the marketing. That's the campaign tagline. It's not right. the messaging that's on each of the ads. Like the ad copy is usually um, something like it. It takes a big man, or it, there's a, some kind uh, of morality lesson. Yeah, it takes a big man right. to be part of something bigger than himself, or something like that. Or we we do everything we can to be present <laughs> and still be He's part of history. And it'll be like a guy and his son, like his young son in his arms. That kind of thing. But it's always at the bottom. It says, not just a man of Mason. That's a campaign line. Oh, okay. The marketing the only one that I've ever seen, I've seen actually relevant. the billboard. It says, not just a man of Mason with a man standing there. Yeah, somebody did that wrong then. <laughs> That's not how it's supposed to be used. But I, I remember driving down. I remember at what highway is on. I think it was on 95. But I see yeah, it popped up on the board. Down I'm like, Stratford. And I'm sitting there and I contemplate it. I'm like. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't to mean so anything to mean somebody who's a non-Mason. Yeah. Like we as Masons sit there and go, "Yeah, we're not just men. We're Masons. We're, we're we think we're a cut above the rest, right?" Yeah. 
Yeah. But to the guy who's not, doesn't know what that means. Like, yeah. I mean, they have a lot no of interest. different, they have it's a lot of materials, opinion. too. They have, like, a right. video that they did, and the video was really well done. Like, I mm-hmm. thought, if you watch that, I think it was 20 or 30 seconds, maybe a 60-second right. video. I think there's several of them. Yeah. I think like several. Those, <laughs> like, they're really All well right, now done. How do you find me. those, though? Well, right now they're on the they're on the Scottish right, what, uh, not just a man of Mason dot org or whatever campaign website, mm-hmm. and they're probably re- I mean they're designed to be reused and re-spliced and put into other videos and stuff like that and used as um, pre rolls and post rolls or whatever on YouTube. Okay. But they go through all the different Masonic values and they I think they talk really eloquently about. But my what problem is that person has to initially click on that website or go to the Scottish Rite in order to oh, watch yeah. I mean, those they're, videos. They're not on right. cable So TV it's it's still secular in a sense where it's not, yeah. but it's, it's their, it's their electronic or digital knock right. on the door. Yeah, they, they no, you know, it, you're absolutely right. No, yeah. it is. They and made I, it available for grand jurisdictions around the country to right. reuse. But now think about, like, again, I know you're knocking it, but think about a reality TV show with that tag at the end. After they've watched us hooligans doing dumb shit, like... Yeah, I don't think they'd sign off on that. Yeah, right. No, but... Uh, okay, they probably won't, because we have a lot of tight asses in Freemasonry. I'm going to say it out loud. I don't care. But think about... You know, they watch a show of us three hooligans and the the, the, um, the the British Masons all screwing around and having fun, and then that tags at the end. Like, and they say, oh, wow, this is a funny show. These Masons yeah. are regular, normal guys. And then you and add, then you add that tag yeah. at the end. Yeah. If they were smart, you'd add that tag at the end. And then you'd get clicked well, like crazy. Actually, if we were smart, we wouldn't add that tag at the end and make them purchase some advertising during the show. That would be the smart thing. Who's them? Scottish, right? Or the Masonic <laughs> District? No, why would we do that? Green. We all want to take their money and have them no. buy commercial? <laughs> we're all playing for the same team here. <laughs> well, the... Uh, TV show has to generate revenue. That's true. <laughs> Otherwise, unless we're doing public access. Yeah, I mean, I think we would. We ideally, you would probably want to make it part of the show, right? Like, I mean, you're going to collect advertising revenue from whoever wants to. Like again, I'm a freaking. Goofball. I don't even know how that works. So I know? think about things, and again, I know we're way off our freaking original topic about Green, but I think of like funny things, like, for instance, like, like. We were all to be at a lodge, right? Oh, we're going to do bike night. We're going to do biker night at the lodge, right? And everybody shows up dressed as bikers, and Joe shows up in, like, a, a Speedo. And the, and the oh, no, I'd be showing up with yeah, the, the long, long helmet. helmet. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'd be the guy from the village people showing up with the leather and the spikes or a little Rob Halford kind of thing going on. Or you have, like I said, you just have yeah. one guy dressed up as, like, the biker with the the, the, the spandex and the Speedo. Yeah. He's, got the, he's got the Oakleys on with the long... The long, I don't even know what the hell helmet you call that. He though. comes in aerodynamic like, holding helmet. onto his bike because it's like but you all bounces like, or something. So now it's on TV. Your your average, you know, eighteen to twenty six year old is going to watch that, and they're going to piss themselves laughing. Like, like, or some people may laugh. They might find it funny, but it might just simply break that ice for them to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to find out about this." Yeah, these guys are regular my, people. It's these not, are regular people. It's not an unapproachable organization. Right. But here, I'm going to say something that's probably... I think probably we, as a craft, are unapproachable. That's where that's I, yeah. think, I think we need to work on our approachability. I agree with you there. Where I disagree with you is your target audience. And this is gonna, I'm probably going to get some hate mail on this. I don't think we go after you the... You can send it to Joe. <laughs> dot Z- I, don't think we go, I don't think we go after the 18 to 26-year-old market. I don't think that's where our bread is buttered. Because... One, 
a lot of these people just still don't know who they are themselves. They're while they're men and from a lawful age perspective, they're not men. Fair enough. Um, Eighteen to twenty-six, you've got you know potentially somebody just out of college, maybe just out of the military, um, maybe starting to to get into a serious relationship. Once they hit those mid-20s to to Mm -hmm. Mm 30-ish, their life is total chaos. Yeah. Getting married, having kids, buying houses, switching jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, Their life is too hectic for masonry at that point. I think our sweet spot Mm-hmm. Is somewhere between the age 30. of thirty-five and forty-five. Yeah. Now maybe I consider it a little uh, different. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. I look at it a different way, and the way I look at it is: how many people come out of high school and immediately get wrapped up in the wrong crowd because they don't have that network of of brothers and Freemasons that will keep them maybe off the streets, maybe out of drugs, maybe out of. That they don't have a support I look at it. They don't have a support system. Yeah. But then and I could argue that they're not good men that we want to make better because they're not. But how do you know men? they're not good men if they haven't even had a chance? Because they haven't had a chance how to many prove people themselves. They haven't had a chance to, to prove men. themselves. Gets back to my point that they're not men. Yeah, yet. that's. Yeah. Gets back to my point that they're not men. They need to figure that stuff out. They don't have a track record yet. Now, we okay. can. I can swallow that. Right. We can still um, have services, charitable efforts. Um, community-based activities that target that age group because we know there's an opportunity there. We want to plant and the seed. we want to kind of plant the seed. Yep. But I don't think we attract them to become Masons at that young. Mm. I really don't. You know they what? haven't figured out. They you haven't figured very, out life yet. You make a again. Very, this is just my well, opinion. It does not necessarily express the opinions of any other person <laughs> on the show or any Grand Lodge or any Grand Lodge jurisdiction. But. No. I think you kind of swayed no, me there. Like, I, I definitely was. Yeah. I, I think you get those guys were at you that ready age. For masonry at age eighteen. Oh hell no! Yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially. <laughs> think of it from this perspective. You. Joe makes a very valid point. Yeah. With our membership these days, mm-hmm. you get a guy. Let's say you get a guy that's twenty-five years old, mm-hmm. and he's coming into most lodges these days. Based mm-hmm. on my experience in Connecticut, most lodges, you get somebody who you think is good, mm-hmm. raise them. You get them entered, passed, raised. Junior steward. Oh, worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but that's what happens. Yeah, so this 22-year-old kid, let's just say he's 22, and yeah. I'm still going to call him a kid. Now has way too many Now has seven years of obligations. So when mm-hmm. he's, let's, call, I'm, uh, let's keep math easy. Let's say he's mm-hmm. 23. Mm-hmm. So in seven years, he's pegged to be grandmaster when he's likely having a kid or getting married. Mm-hmm. He can't. Mm. If you're going to bring them in that young, you can't throw them in the officer's line right away. You can't do that because that's what... Life is busy at that age. It's extremely busy. Yep. And And if they're good men, they're going to take that responsibility and they're going to say, I I can't let these guys down. And they're going to end up ruining their own lives. Exactly. (laughs) Joe kind of has the whole mentality of... You know, let the crackhead hit rock bottom before you build them back up, in a sense. So you want to catch them on the upswing of after they're young and... and, and I want established good men. That's and then we take those that, established yeah. good men and make them better. Gotcha. Because okay. think okay. of how powerful it can be. Uh, and there's, there's exceptions to everything. But just think of how powerful it is. It can be where you get this person who's figured out all that stuff. Mm-hmm that knows who they are right now and has chosen a specific lifestyle and we fit into that lifestyle. Mm. 
that person is going to be super active. Yep. They're going to be super involved. Mm. And I just think, it, it one, it makes a better Mason from an overall rounded skill set and just where they are in life standpoint. Right. Um, but I don't have any data to support this, but I would think that they would stick around longer. Here you go. Yeah. Scott Blanchard. Ken makes some good points. Now, if you have someone coming out of, I think uh, you might have meant Joe, but that could be wrong. I could be Ken. I'll take the credit for Joe. I'll take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you have someone coming out of the scouts, the military, an active sports team, the loss of a team brotherhood can be disruptive. Agree, uh, and that's why I said there that. are exceptions, and that was a, a point I was going to get back to earlier, but then I lost mm-hmm. it. One of the things I think we need to do, and I know somebody's going to say, "Well, we have Malay. Poll every one of our listeners, see if they've heard of Malay. Yeah. Versus, have you heard of the Eagle Scouts? Yeah. Everybody's going to, they know who the Eagle Scouts are. Right. I don't think we do enough, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with Worshipful Brother Ken here. I don't think we do enough to, if we're going to have an exception to the rule, we go get involved with those Eagle Scouts. They've yeah. started to prove that they're there, and you could have an 18-year-old person that's an Eagle Scout that's started to prove, you know what? Mm. He might not be a grown man of true of good yeah, character, but he's tend, a young man. They tend to have the same values. Exactly. As exactly. Obviously. Josh. Yeah, uh, Josh. So I don't think we go after that segment. And enough. we do have the Masonic Scouters Association. We, we do. still have to get somebody up here to uh, to talk about it. But I mean, that I think that's a great outreach. I think program. that's a blind Listen to this. Absolutely. Listen to this. This is uh, from Josh Manet. Mantello, my home lodge has a 22-year-old going in as master. Skipped a lot of chairs. One of the best wow. ritualists we have. Photographic memory. He came out of Demolay. He was very active in it and transferred yeah. his time from that to lodge. Right. So there are exceptions to the rule. I don't right. want everybody right. to think that we're like bad mouthing, like, oh, you can't be a mason at age 18. I know right. plenty of really good right. masons there are that are 18, 19 years old. It's we'll just have to get into that debate. I don't however, know what we're yet. saying is the like 18, the target debate have who we? we're targeting yeah, from a marketing perspective. So. Is however, I'm right. going, I would argue that, and I don't know this, brother, mm-hmm. but my instant rebuttal for conversation or debate would be mm-hmm. Much like, so he's 22, he's a great ritualist, and he's master, and what were some of the other essential qualifications that he said he had? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, photographic, photographic, photographic ritualist. Yeah, that doesn't make him a good leader. Mm. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a leader, a good leader, and, and when you're a master right. of a lodge, you are a leader of men. Yeah. You're not leader of boys, you are a leader of men, and you're a leader of experienced men. And True. he might not be effective at that. If I may, I want to kind of back him up on this because I've seen people who are well-established Masons who are absolutely shitty leaders, and you bring right, in yeah. some young I mean, guy yeah. like Perry who's knocking out of the friggin' park right now. Right. So and those guys I, think, I don't think an yet. age mm-hmm. has anything to do with mm-hmm. it. It, it, it. It's an inner quality of being a good leader. I think we've covered. I think life experience has a lot yeah. to do with it, <laughs> and you have to look at the life experience. And somebody's life experience at 22 could be very different than somebody's at 32, and it, that could be a positive mm-hmm. or a negative. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a life experience piece. It's not necessarily an age. And generally speaking, somebody in their early 20s. Generally speaking, doesn't have the life experience to uh, to stick with this and, and truly have a grasp on it. Yeah, and even if they do, it. again, they're getting into that tumultuous time period of their life where there's so much change. They're either going to get burnt out or they're going to be pulled in so many directions they're going to get stressed out and something's got to give. 
There's my only again. I know I, I'm going to have to go with some. There's got to be. There's definitely some exceptions to this rule. Absolutely, I look there's at exceptions people to every rule. coming out of the military, and they're hard chargers. And they are take no shit. They grab the bull right by the horns and run with it. Yeah, I'm not talking they, about they myself. I'm right. talking about, but they've but had I'm that discipline. They've had training. Like right. they know how to relate but, to so other what's people the difference from the military? ages. And, yeah. and I ask, what's the difference between the military and Freemasonry? It's still, in a sense, I mean, drill instructors will put the foot right in your ass, but it's still a, a organization that's showing you or a, a 18, 17 to 21-year-old mm-hmm. the right way to, to do things. Yeah. I mean, when I was 22, I had zero leadership skills. I could not be master of a lodge. I could not be a manager. I could not be a director. I could not be, you know, a commander of men in the military. Like, I had none of those sensibilities. Well, even think There are men who do. Yeah. It wasn't me. But were you, you specifically, not speaking for everybody that's 22, Uh, but at 22, were you mature enough to understand and embrace the lessons of Freemasonry? uh, I put myself on the fence. Okay. At 22. And that's right. Yeah. Here, were you there at 32? Yes. That's my point. Yes. That's Listen my to point. this, uh, uh, Worshipful Brother Joseph Schultz. Happy birthday. He just popped out. We Happy birthday, Joseph Schultz. Worshipful Brother. Um, he said, as long as you can learn from your mistakes and they can be manifested into action, you can be a good leader. Right. There you yeah. go. That is the age-old problem, and this is where that I would agree time. with Joe 1,000%. you got to make the mistakes. There's yeah. time to make mistakes. Not only that, yeah. but how many 18- to 20-year-olds sit there and they don't. They think their shit don't stink. Right. They don't make mistakes. They don't want to hear it. They know everything. Right. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm being funny. Because <laughs> Joe's the puppet. I'm just, okay. <laughs> it's my show. I was no. Nah, I was joking. I was setting you up for a joke. That's all. Um, no, but in, in all seriousness, um, uh, honestly, like, I, I would have to agree with you on that. That. The maturity level, I guess, mm-hmm. is what my my hang up is yeah. for a kid. For kids, I keep saying kids, from eighteen to right. mid twenties, and you may have maturity some level, there. right? So, for the same reason, where let's let's switch this up, and we've had a lot of military analogies here. Uh-huh. You get an eighteen-year-old kid, uh-huh. okay, who has a photographic memory. Knows war strategy and battle strategy, top of his, of his class at West Point. Mm-hmm. You making him a five-star general right out of the gate? No, 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 no. He's got to get some more experience under his belt. He's got to and if I have some real life experience. If I may piggyback with what you're saying, I was, now that you mentioned that, I think of a lot of uh, when I was in the military. You, I mean, you never, you know, obviously enlisted, never did this. But part of the problem is you'd get a lot of. OCS guys, which are officers candidate school for those becoming officers. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. come in the guy with barter bars, and no one, no one wanted to be with a second lieutenant. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Because he was just too. Young he hasn't. Inspired, he right. hasn't proven himself. Okay, all right. And uh, yeah, we're there. But um, no, I just think there's like, and the other thing that I would say is, you know, when you're 18 to to 25, maybe a little younger than 25. De- again, depends on your life experience. Mm. I don't know about you, but when I was 18 to 25, I thought I was invincible. Yeah. I didn't think. I, the last thing I was thinking about was my mortality. I was invincible. Nothing's going to happen to me. I got the world 
by the you know what. Guyons. Yeah. Memento Mori would have meant nothing to me. Meant nothing to age. you at that age. It didn't sure. mean anything to me until I was 35. To be right. Honest. I said but that's, now. And now you're in my target. Got the kidney asteroids, and now I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, I really right. am human after all. Now you know you can die. Congratulations. <laughs> right. You can be amazing. And that, to me, is the... When I talk about life experience, to me, that's the ultimate life experience is coming to terms with right. your mortality. Right. That changes your views on yeah. everything. Mm. Um, also, having, and not everybody has kids, and I get that, but having kids changes your perspective on a lot oh, of things yes. as well. Absolutely. Um, so that's where, again, you know. All right, so let's I bring think it we're on the same point here, but. We'll bring it all back around here. Mm. So, Grandmaster. You're a Grandmaster. Ken's two things was definitely, uh, you said, uh, ritual proficiency ritual. and uh, a framework for charitable, increasing your charitable contributions as a lodger charitable works. After our discussion, anything else you would add to that? Um, no, I think I would stick with that for now. I mean, obviously, I'd have to think a little bit more on it, but to tell you the truth... I didn't know if there was... I, like, I mean, I know you guys were, were, were very focused on making new masons, recruiting, or not recruiting, but... Mm. Um, bringing new interested men to the craft and retaining mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of still feel like those two things are still part and parcel to that. Like I think mm -hmm. uh, charity and doing good works was mm -hmm. one of the things of the one mm -hmm. of the things that the um, not just a man a mason campaign came up with. Mm -hmm. Like men want to find you know of that age group want to find things that they can contribute their time and their energy to. Right. Um, so I think that's still important, and I think uh, ritual work obviously goes to the initiatic experience, and I think mm -hmm. that's a very important part of making new masons. I'm gonna stick with mine, Joe. I think me and mine you was were quality much, of the content, and I'm sticking with it. I, I think, think me and you were pretty much on the same thing. I had said, uh, I mean, you're talking about quality of the content, meaning the ritual, or do you mean the, ritual. the people? Or do you mean content just an over overarching? overarching. Like once okay. once they knock on the door, mm -hmm. or even once they become masons, either or, mm -hmm. the content needs to keep them there. We got to hold up our end of the bargain. Hey, we've yeah. got this wonderful thing for you. Come and they come. Right. Now it's got to be this wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Right? No, absolutely. That's, I think uh, think it, of it as a, like a streaming service that you're paying so much a month for. Right. If the content's not there, you're opting out. Yeah, there for you youngsters. And not diminishing uh, anything that Ken had said, I think charity and all that's great. But oh, I, absolutely. I but that's part of the content to me. I think part of the content, number one, and keeping them, uh, bringing them to the door. And again, the two things that, that I would, you know, just to recap, would, would do would be, number one, I would be more in the face uh, in, in society. Approachability. More approachability. Yeah. And number two is I'm right in line with you. Once they're there, you got to keep them. Right. Because if you can't keep them, you're not going to have charity events. You're not going to have... Um, mm -hmm. You're not going to have events to do because no one's there to yeah, do. You're not going right. to have any. And if you sell them on, hey, yeah, we do a lot of charity, and they right. come, and that's why they're there, and then you don't do those things, you're, you're not giving them what they came there for. Right. Right. And I think uh, maybe we can do a, another relaunch with. I'd love to do another relaunch with you brothers about uh, when it was episode three, and I characterized. My five different types oh, five of types masons of that I yeah. believe come to the door. And I'd love to get your input on that because I know you guys have listened to that episode, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Uh, and I had five different types. And I'd love to, so I'd love to uh, add more if you we guys had. We might be able to add a couple. Right, might be able to add a couple. Just like we do to Joe's uh, two rules. Mm. 
You you add a couple. You you amend them. I, well, I put like subsections. Subsections. Yeah, there's still only two, <laughs> but there there could end up Call being like Joe's a Bill of Rights. Two A <laughs> subsection <laughs> three. Dash four. What do we say, brother? Not for nothing. I don't. Oh. I don't disagree with any of the things that any of us came up with. I yeah, think we yeah. would make wow. a good succession of grandmasters. So George, Joe, Ken. Because we're the three pillars. Three years. I think we could. We could change things. So I, th- I think we do it more like a council, like they did in like uh, in Greece. Like you have three, uh, yeah. pro, you have council, pro council. We're just yeah, the, right. we're the three pillars of Freemasonry. Yeah, Ken is, Ken, wow. Ken's wisdom, obviously. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I. Agree I guess with I'd that. be strength, which leaves you as beauty, which is <laughs> kind of. I'll I'll, uh, I'll stick with beauty. Uh, so be Ken's uh, well, then he can't be wisdom. Your wisdom, and well, you can't be strong because you're small. What what does that have? It's, the height doesn't have anything to do with strength. I don't know. Let's ask the Discord. What the hell? All right. Well, Discordian. 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 Oh god. If if the, the three oh, of us were the pillar. three pillars, I'm deleting your Patreon. And the only account. pillars are wisdom, strength, and beauty. You can't insert your own pillars. Yeah. Who would be wisdom? Who who would be strength? And who would be beauty? All right. And if you want to find out about that, uh, you would need to join Patreon mm-hmm. for as little as three dollars a month, where you get exclusive access to Patreon content and these Discord uh, surveys, we'll call them, and the ever-elusive Freemasons Gold Tone Lapel Pin. I'm Freemasons Podcast Gold Tone Lapel Pin. Never going to ever have too many lapel pins, brothers. All right, brothers, what do you say? Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah I'm good. It's hot as hell up here. It is freaking hot. So too bad we don't have a better air conditioning. What I'm oh, going to do, do is... No, what I need to do is I just need to show up like an hour ahead or just drive by, crank the bastard on, and then... Or we can get the back. really good one that's locked we in the could, room next We could. We could. I got it. Get a hold of Chris. It's not as hot as death as it was like. Maybe we could have our uh, Haitian friend downstairs get a hold of Chris. Yes. What do you think about having him on the show? Why? All right. Why not? Before we close, we'll talk about it on Patreon. Okay, we'll talk about it on Patreon. But there's a guy for those there's Discordians and Patreon members that are listening that will continue the conversation there. Um, There's this gentleman who's downstairs sometimes when we come to the podcast and he's usually waiting for the train across the street and um he might be a little off (laughs) but he's very polite yeah he's He's very very polite he's a very very nice guy i talk to him every time and uh he has a very distinct like haitian uh, creole french accent Mm -hmm. that i can do almost to a t so one of the things is we could have guess who's speaking because i can do his accent Extremely well, <laughs> and people have to guess who's actually talking. We'll put like a block up so they can't see us talking. I talk. think we bring him up here and just have him start prank calling all our Discord. Right, we can, he's French. We can have him call the Brits. Yeah, we could do that. We could just find out. I don't know the guy's name. Like, give me ten minutes, and then if it's going horribly, we'll take a break and 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 cut him off. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, I'm calling. I don't know his real name, but right now he's Pierre Louis. Pierre Louis. All right. So we're working right. on getting Pierre Louis. All right. We'll call him. He might be downstairs right now. He's going to be like uh, he's gonna be like our Beetlejuice on the Howard Stern show, right? Is that, is that what you're up to? Or, or Baba Boo? I, don't, I or? don't know if I would go Beetlejuice. He'd definitely be in the whack back, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm game. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. We're doing it. Pierre Louis. All right. I'm coming to find you, Pierre Louis. <laughs> All right. He's down there somewhere. For the Freemasons podcast, I am Right Worship Brother George Marjorie signing off. Worship Brother Joe signing off. Worship Brother Ken signing off. Jesus. Have a good night, everyone. (laughs) Good night, friends.